0: Hey everyone, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today we are talking all about macros with Sarah Shear. and I'm just going to go ahead and let sh- uh, Sarah take it away and tell us a little
1: bit about her and what she does and how she got started. Yeah, uh, well I'm super excited to be here talking about this. Um, I am a certified macro nutrition coach um, and I'm also precision nutrition certified. I have been coaching macros pretty much exclusively since 2019. Um, Prior to that, and currently I'm a personal trainer, I've been a personal trainer since 2012, and I worked with clients in person for years and years and years, and um, was following the recommended nutrition protocol at the gym that I work for to coach the client's for the gym, which I didn't necessarily agree with. Um, it was very small portion sizes. And um, I was finding that people were not sticking with it. They were really struggling. And um, after I had my daughter in 2017, I started tracking my macros. And it was not the first time I tracked macros, it was the first time I was successful with it. So Leading up to um, having my daughter getting pregnant and successfully tracking macros to lose 55 pounds, which was how much I lost within six months of her being born, I struggled with food and weight most of my life. It started at probably age eight, and I was on a roller coaster of losing and gaining weight And in the early 2000s, I'm not sure exactly when, maybe 2007, 2010, couldn't tell you off the top of my head. After all these years of up and down fluctuations, I found clean eating and got really into like lifting weights and going to the gym. And then I hired a bikini competition coach and got into doing bikini shows. And I was like, all right, I've nailed this. I've got it. I loved how I looked. And then um, after my second show, I put on 50 pounds. Um, I found that eating clean and, and living that lifestyle, I wasn't eating enough, but I didn't know it at the time. I just found it very unsustainable. And I was kind of lost for a few years and found out about tracking macros and tried it unsuccessfully because I was still trying to under eat. I was still trying to eat, um, in a calorie deficit, like all the time. And then it would lead me to binge eating. So after I had my daughter and went back to tracking macros, I was able to be successful that time because I was not judging the foods that I was eating. I was allowing myself to eat things that fit my macros, and I was eating enough to sustain working out, um, having a job, and nursing a baby. And so, like I said, over the six months, I lost 55 pounds. And then people started coming to me saying, what what did you do? How are you doing this? Like, do you coach nutrition? So two years later in 2019, um, I launched my business. um, And then I became a certified macro coach Through um, a program called macro mentorship, so that I could learn how to coach other populations, um, people with different health conditions and things like that, besides just what I knew how to do with myself. And so since then, I've coached, you know, multiple women, I'm running group programs and just doing the whole thing online. And
0: where can people find you, Sarah?
1: People can find me on um, Instagram, sarah.shear.coaching. They can find me at my website, shearnutrition.com. And I'm on Facebook as well under Sarah Shear or my Facebook group, Macros and Fitness Support for Women.
0: Excellent. And so we'll have some of those linked in the show notes for you guys to be able to easily find Sarah and follow her. So before we get into what macronutrients are, um, one thing that I want to kind of mention and ask you about is, is this what you say, how macros really and truly helped you, they helped you, you know, with your relationship with food. Is that because the diet can be so flexible?
1: Yes. What it did was it it, it's that, but it also helped me to unlearn like this brainwashing that I had that certain foods were going to cause me to gain weight, that foods that had sugar or foods that had too many carbs, um, would were like inherently fattening. So once I was able to work them in and have them fit my macros and still see progress, it taught me that, Hey, it's not specific foods, it's calories in versus calories out. Mm -hmm. For the most part, part. there's some nuances in that statement.
0: (laughs) Yes. And we will definitely, we'll definitely get into a bit of that as well today, I'm sure. But um, yeah, just having that flexibility is, is so helpful. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, for those of you guys listening, you'll be able to find that through this interview and your own trials and tribulations as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what are macronutrients, Sarah?
1: Yes. And this is like the number one question that people have because a lot of people don't know what macronutrients are. So if you've ever counted calories, the calories in your food are made up of the three macronutrients and macro meaning the largest nutrient groups in your food. And they are protein, carbs, and fat. And each one of those three macronutrients per gram weight has certain amount of calories. So there are four calories in every gram of protein. There's four calories in every gram of carb and nine calories in every gram of fat. So when you add up all of the protein, fat and carbs that a item of food is made of, that equals the total calories, And those are the macronutrients that make up those calories. I hope that's concise.
0: (laughs) I I mean, to me, that is black and white. It makes perfect sense. I think that's a really great explanation. And obviously we get each of those from the different kinds of food that we eat. Mm -hmm. So... Why would someone care about how much of each one of these that they're going to consume from a nourishing and health perspective?
1: Yes. So that's a great question. And the reason why we would care about that is because our body handles the three macronutrients differently. So most women specifically are not eating enough protein. Now, the recommended daily allowance of protein is like 64 grams, which is basically enough protein to survive. But if we have a goal of losing fat or building muscle, we need to be eating enough protein because when we lose weight, if you're overweight, about 25% of the weight you lose is going to be from muscle and if you're already at like a fairly healthy weight or less and you're trying to lose, you're going to lose up to 35% muscle when you're in a, when you're eating less calories and you burn. So you want to make sure you're getting enough protein to replace that. And then our bodies need carbohydrates for energy. And if we eat meals that are just straight up carbs, like, you know, all fruit or all candy, that can cause a blood sugar reaction that can set you up for cravings. So it's nice to balance our meals with some protein or some fat, balance our carbs with those. And then you can be flexible in the amount of carbs and fats that you eat, but ideally it's great to balance all three um, in a meal to help with keep, like I said, keeping your blood sugar levels stable. I see. So that, you know, that's just coming at this from like that
0: nourishing, you know, that healthy perspective, but I know that we can also kind of manipulate our macronutrients to help us lose fat and build muscle. So can you kind of briefly discuss what that entails when you're, when you're manipulating to, so help someone count macros so that way they can achieve their body composition goals?
1: Yes. So building, um, building muscle and losing fat are inherently different things. Like there's debate over whether they can be done at the same time. And I'm not going to go into a lot of specifics on that. I'll just, I'll start with how to, um, manipulate your macros to lose fat. So say that, um, you know, you want to lose 20 pounds and most likely you're not going to say, well, I want 20 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds, but, um, I want this much of it to be fat and this much of it to be muscle. So we'll just say, I want to lose 20 pounds. And to do that, you've got to eat less calories than you're burning. And then you've got to make sure that you're eating enough protein to maintain your lean muscle tissue and your lean muscle tissue burns more calories at rest than fat. So it keeps your metabolism high. And then um, so your protein, you're gonna wanna get about 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight. And if you weigh over 185 pounds, you could probably stay on that lower end. We don't really want to go higher than that in protein um, because then it becomes harder on digestion. And it's just like from a lifestyle standpoint, it's really hard to get that much protein in. Um, so about 0.8 to one gram of protein per pound, and then reducing the amounts of carbs and fats that you're eating and, um, and an ideal ratio, like in general terms for fat loss would be about 40% carbs, 30% protein and 30% fats.
0: That's just a really great starting. That's just a great starting point, but then you can also kind of help your clients manipulate further from that. Correct.
1: Correct. Correct. So, um, for most women over 40, we typically go a little bit higher in fat around 35% because it helps with hormones. So then they're going to need a little bit less carbs if they're having more fat, but that's just something that we will manipulate. Yep.
0: And that's it. It can be really, really helpful to have the coach, you know, such as you there, as A, a second set of eyes, but also B, like you're educated in this and you have a lot of experience in this. And so having someone that has done this already
1: can guide you. Um, Exactly. Exactly. Because you can have all of these formulas and you can go online and look it up and put it in my fitness pal. But if you've never done it before, you might get into it and get overwhelmed or not see results right away. And not really know what you're doing. And so then you give up and you say, well, macros don't really work for me. So sometimes it takes having somebody that's worked with, you know, multiple, multiple women. I don't want to say hundreds, cause I don't know if it's hundreds, but it's like, you know, up there and that has seen it play out and progress in different people's bodies and can teach it to you. That's, that's just so helpful. I mean, I would say that over half of what I do as a coach is telling my clients, you're doing it right. It's working, trust the process.
0: Yes. And the other thing that I, I have had, you know, help happen with clients is I kind of guide and, you know, um, if someone is like continuously not getting an enough protein or they're continuously like going over their fat, you know, it's, always helpful to have someone who has the experience like you to be able to go in and say, okay, let me look at your food journal. Let me look at what you're eating. Okay. Well, if we were to, you know, cut back on the amount of avocado you eat at lunch or the amount of, you know, butter that you're putting into the pan to saute all your vegetables at night, you know, that is going to help you get your meet your fat goals. And then, you know, Oh, look, you know, you have every day for breakfast, you have an egg, but what if we added, you know, two or three egg whites into that? And now boom, you're hitting your protein goals.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's actually a service that I offer for my one-on-one clients is I go into their, my fitness pal diaries Monday through Friday, and I'll just take a quick peek. And like, if nothing stands out to me, if like all's good, then I'll just move on. But if I see a gap like that, I'll be like, Hey, maybe, you know, add another half an ounce of Turkey to get that extra protein or, you know, make sure you're weighing that avocado versus just putting in half an avocado, because we don't know, you know, we don't know how big that avocado is. And that can make a difference.
0: Yeah. And just having that, having guidance like that can be so incredibly helpful. Um, if you, if that's something that you are, meeting for those of you guys who are listening. So, Going into the actual like day-to-day, all right, I'm doing this. How do you quote-unquote count macros?
1: Yes, that's also a great question. So there are a lot of apps out there that you can use to help you. My preferred app is MyFitnessPal because it's been around forever. And I have, you know, a big history of using it. Like the database, it has all my recipes saved in it. But I've also used... um chronometer which is really good too once you get up to speed with using it and then there's a few others um my fitness pal you can start it out for free but they do have a paid version if you get a bit more serious about it so basically if you want to start you would get the app do not let the app set your goal <laughs> oh, that's a Mm-mm. big mistake that i see yeah. a lot of people make because people will put in that they want to lose 2 pounds a week because that's the highest amount it will let you set And in reality, that's not very realistic for most people. That's too aggressive. So they'll put in, I want to lose two pounds a week. And then the app will spit out, eat 1,200 calories a day, which is typically too little for most women, especially if you're active. So, you know, I would basically start if your goal is fat fat loss with about a 20% calorie deficit from what it takes you to maintain. And you say, well, I don't know how much it takes me to maintain. So that, to figure that out, um, you can go to a website called bmr.org that's free. And you can figure out what your um, base metabolic rate is. It'll give you like um, an area to plug in your height, your weight, and your activity level. And then it'll tell you what your maintenance calories are. So you can figure out what a 20% deficit is. And then set your goal for that 0.8 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight, and then distribute the rest as 30% carbs and 30%, sorry, 40% carbs and 40% fat. And there you go. Boom, you're set up. That's a great starting point. Um, And obviously, like the way I do it with my clients is a bit more nuanced, but you can totally start that way. That was how I started. And then to actually log your food in the app, you will need a food scale. And you can buy a cheap one on Amazon for like 10 bucks. And you start weighing your food and entering the weight of an item in either ounces or grams. And what that does is it teaches you how to eyeball what a portion size actually looks like by weighing it. Um, Because if you use measuring cups, like a liquid measuring cup to put in a cup of cereal or a cup of rice, It, you can pack a lot more in there than what it actually like would say on the label. So I've actually done this experiment where I, on the label, it was like Cheetos and it said one cup. So I poured it into a cup and, and it gives you a weight. Um, But in actuality, it was like one and a half times the serving. So it's always best to weigh your food and, and you can do this more in the beginning. This is like getting started so that you get those portion sizes down. And then over time, you'll get to a point where you can eyeball it and you won't need to rely on the food scale as much.
0: Yeah, so I also just went through the precision precision nutrition course and one thing that really stood out to me is like so in precision nutrition um you know they do the hand the hand guide so mm-hmm. it's like eat three thumbs of fat and then two palms of protein and blah blah blah. Yeah. And um while I don't do that like my brain just doesn't operate that way. I I'm with you. I like to weigh my food. Um it was really interesting to me that they talked about how they have done multiple experiments where people did that, like I eat three palms of protein and two thumbs of fat, and then they actually weighed it out, and they the it was like within like a couple percentage. Yes,
1: I remember reading that in that certification and being like, oh wow, you know, just yeah. Like, they said it was like ninety five percent accurate.
0: Yeah, I mean for me, like. I personally, at this point in life, it's not that hard to weigh food, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, cause if you get like a good scale, literally it, you're right. They cost yeah. about $10 on Amazon.
1: Yes. At this yeah. point,
0: it, it's so easy to do that and go ahead and get the scale weight. Like I, I don't really, I don't even have anybody that does like the hand the hand. I
1: I sometimes will start people with the hand portion, where if they feel overwhelmed by using an app and using the food scale, we'll start there. But then they've almost always converted to macro tracking after that.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I get it. I think it serves a good purpose for some people, but it's, you know, it's not for everyone. Just like counting macros isn't for everyone.
1: No, no. And you know, what I do with the food scale, just kind of going back to that for a second is I tell people to use it at home and use that as your learning so that when you're away from home and you go out to eat, then you can eyeball it. And I give them the hand portion measuring chart and tell them, take a picture of your meal from a restaurant and then go back and eyeball it and just enter what you ate like using that hand portion measuring chart as your guideline. Yeah.
0: So if someone wants to lose like a pretty significant amount of fat, is there kind of a magic number for those macros or percentages that you air towards with people? Um.
1: No, it's very individual to be honest yeah. with you.
0: Yep. Um, is there, and then like, just in your previous experience with doing this, you know, why is it so bio-individual to each person? What are some of the reasons that you really believe in that bio It has to
1: do with food preferences. Um, it has to do with activity level, age. Um, I'm trying to think of what else.
0: I mean, I think- I mean, Honestly, prefer- like
1: there's some people that just do better when they eat more carbs than others. And there's just people that prefer higher fat diet than others. And like I said, in the beginning, it's, it's calories in versus calories out. So if we can kind of find that right balance for them, where they can eat in the way they prefer and still make progress, that's where we're going to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know for myself, if So, and I'm also, because I just got that certification, I decided that I was going to start playing around with macros. So, um, you know, I don't have the amount of experience with it that you have, but I decided that I'm going to toy around with this stuff on my own and just kind of be my own Guinea pig. And so it's been really interesting seeing how important calories truly are.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I just kind of, you know, I knew for myself. I pr- I actually prefer to eat fat. Like, I wish that I could just eat like butter and bacon and hamburgers all the time. Like, and <laughs> I don't care if I ever ate bread again. Like, it just doesn't really do anything for me. Uh-huh. But as someone who does CrossFit three to four times a week and does powerlifting in addition to that, I have to have carbs. Yeah, and so yeah. I, you know, set myself up with certain numbers. But really. And calories are assuming you're hitting a gut. You're eating a good amount of protein. Calories
1: are really like they're king. Yeah, they really, really are. That's what was coming up to me. Oh, and then another thing that I didn't mention that has that goes along with that is the thermic effect of food. So we burn more calories, digesting protein and carbs than we do digesting fat. So that can be, that's another reason when people are losing fat, that we want the higher protein and we typically want the carbs a little bit higher than the fat from a percentage standpoint.
0: Interesting. I never knew that about carbs. Mm-hmm. I knew that about protein, but not carbs. yeah.
1: protein burns about 20%. And I forget the exact number for carbs, but I believe it's like 10 to 15% more than fat Fat gets passed really easily because it basically becomes liquid in our system.
0: Hmm. So not a whole lot of breakdown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So going back to just, you know, like the importance, like calories, calories are key. So what happens if you're working with someone and you're like, Hey, Julie, we're going to work towards having, you know, 35% protein, 35% carbs, 30%
1: fat or whatever. Yeah.
0: What happens if this person is like, they're close, but they're not perfect. They're like 32% protein. It's like- fine.
1: It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I always tell my clients to try to be within three to five grams of their goals. Oh, okay. But if their um, total calories balance out and they're hitting their protein, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. If they're a little bit over, they're a little bit under, usually fine. If if that's happening and they're making progress, don't I don't worry about it. If they're not making progress, that's when I'll say, let's tighten it up a little bit.
0: I gotcha. And then do you, like when you are going to tighten up with someone, are you more likely to tighten up um, their macros or change up
1: their calories? Um, Typically, I will tell them to be better about their logging, like more precise, make sure they're getting their steps, make sure they're getting their water, make sure they're getting their workouts in. And then if we need to cut, I will cut typically from carbs because we're, our proteins usually pretty set. And then, um, so I usually will cut from carbs and maybe a little bit from fat.
0: I gotcha. And can people utilize this for working towards building muscle? I mean, not everybody wants to lose fat, right? Yes.
1: So I actually did a bulk, um, last winter where I tracked my macros to do it. And what I did was I increased um, my calories to 500 over my maintenance for about Ooh. three months, and um, I did it slow, like I built up to it, where I would add like 50 to 100 calories a week over two or three months, and then I hit that 500, and I was like, all right, I'm staying here for three months. So what I did was I I focused a lot on lifting weights, um, and I kept my protein a little bit higher. So typically in, in maintenance, I keep it at 135 grams, but during the bulk, I went up to 155 and then I increased carbs and fat at the same ratio. So I think I was still like 35% fat, which took me up to like hundred grams of fat a day. And my carbs were like, gosh, I don't remember 250 something. And I gained about let me say. let me think five to seven, five to six pounds. And that's it eating 500 extra calories a day. Um, and in March I cut back down to my maintenance, which is about actually about 400 calories less that, um, I found is my better maintenance. I cut about 400 calories in March and A year later, I weigh the same as I did when I started slowly building into the bulk, but I have more muscle and less body fat than I did a year ago through going through that process.
0: Wow. Fascinating.
1: Yeah. And it was not comfortable to gain the five or six pounds, you know, like I felt my jeans felt tight. My leggings felt tight. I was drinking like a 700 calorie smoothie every day, which I kind of miss, (laughs) but (laughs) You know, I did it in the winter for a reason.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, it's interesting, you know, like it wasn't comfortable, but I bet you had all of the energy in the world. And I did. I
1: did. Yes. I slept great. My energy, like my, I just had less like brain slumps mid afternoon, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's so easy for people to just get caught in like constant deficits. That it's just like, I feel like that is just where, you know, people are constantly, it's like, Oh, well, I want to lose. I want to lose. I want to lose. And so like, I'm going to reduce, I'm going to reduce, I'm going to reduce, but like you have to have diet breaks. I mean, for so many reasons.
1: Yes. Yes. If you stay in a calorie deficit indefinitely, it will slow down your metabolism because you're losing muscle and your body will adapt to burning less calories and you'll, you'll have less energy. You'll not want to move as much, which is, you might not even notice it, but that's a way that your body starts to conserve energy.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm working with someone right now. Just, I'm like, please, please, please be open to eating a little bit more. And just, Uh and like you said, doing it very slowly.
1: Well, and a big issue that I've run into with clients is people want to keep going until they hit that magic number that they have in their head of what they want to weigh. But ideally we want fat loss to not, like I said, be all year long. Like typically I like ideally 12 weeks of fat loss, a week diet break, and then maybe another 12, 12 to 16 weeks, and then go back into maintenance for the amount of time that you were in the calorie deficit so that your metabolism has time to heal and maybe build more muscle back. And then if you're still not where you want to be, like, you know, maybe you started 30 pounds heavier, you're maintaining that 25, 30 pound weight loss. And then you go back into another fat loss phase and lose 20 more pounds, but you did it taking the the healthy approach, taking the best way for your metabolism, like, yes, it's going to take time, but you're going to be healthier for it long-term.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some of the advantages you feel like, um, toward in counting and tracking macros um, rather than, you know, doing another type of diet or another approach to fat loss or changing your body composition.
1: Yeah. So I believe that the advantages that I've seen is being able to work any food into your plan. If you so choose having that flexibility and also knowing exactly what you're consuming so that you can manipulate it. If you if you so choose and then really seeing how different foods affect you how they affect your outcomes and your goals and how you feel versus like just cutting something out because some diet said to do so or eating a certain meal plan that may or may not work with your life that day because it's what the meal plan says um because you're in charge when you track macros you have boundaries you have guidelines but you decide it's, I think of it like having a budget and you decide how to spend your, your macro budget.
0: Mm -hmm. And then what about any, do you know of any disadvantages or have you had those encountered those in your coaching or in your own personal experience?
1: Yeah. Um, some disadvantages could be that some people get like too attached to being perfect with the numbers. Mm -hmm. And if they're not perfect that day, then they might use that as a reason to binge or fall off. So that's something I work on with my clients is like just averaging and log it anyway. It's totally fine because like we talked about earlier, if you're not perfect and you're still making progress, it's all good. You know, we learn how to, to do that, um, and some people can get to a point where, like, they don't know how to live their life without tracking. It be- can become, like, something that people are too invested in. hmm
0: I think it's, um, you know, like you said, it is not for everyone, but it can be incredibly empowering for, for many people because, like you said, it's a budget and you do get a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. So, well, actually my question for you is really, is this for everyone?
1: I, you know, you sent me the questions ahead of time and that was the mm-hmm. one I was thinking about the most. And I would say it's for a lot of people, but not mm-hmm. for everyone. And people that it's not for would be someone with an eating disorder that's in recovery. Um, maybe not somebody that's like, way too hard on themselves way too perfectionistic although it helped me to unlearn that a little bit so that yeah. depends. and then it's probably not for somebody that's not very tech savvy like my mother <laughs> wouldn't be able to do it um because she just you know would get too confused with the app and the the weighing and all of that stuff um But I I really think that anyone that is willing to learn how to do it can learn. And I always tell people that it's like learning a new language. Like at first you're fumbling around, like, how do I do that? What do I do? But within two to four weeks, almost everyone I've worked with becomes fluent. And you just, you learn the skill set and then you just repeat it and you get better and better at it. And, you know, you start speaking macros. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So one thing that, so I have done, I've tracked food before in the past and similar to you, you know, done bikini competitions. And that was, I learned that that was way, way, way too restrictive for me. The day that my coach said, okay, no more bananas. Like I will remember that day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Uh, Because then I had to recreate my relationship with bananas, which Mm -hmm. that's, you know, either way and not, not what we're going into today, but I was really apprehensive. So my husband has been tracking macros meticulously for probably close to a year now. And Mm -hmm. he has had amazing changes with the guidance of his coach. Um, and so when I decided like, I want to do this, I want to lose a little bit of body fat. Um, and I started on this about a month ago, I was really apprehensive because I can get very, um, controlling. Mm -hmm. And I will start to over when I feel like I struggle with a lack of control in other facets of my life, I will over control my food. Mm -hmm. And I have, I know myself very, very well. I know that I have a history of doing this. And so I was very apprehensive because I don't want to go back to my old ways. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try this because like, I want to experiment on myself. And, but I have, I have, I actually, last night I was thinking, um, Saturday morning, like what I do is I track and I, and I have macro and calorie goals for myself Monday through Friday, but, um, I don't track on Saturdays. Um, but I have tracked on Saturdays before to kind of have an idea of what it is I'm actually consuming. So, Mm um, I make sure that I'm, in an overall calorie deficit. Well, then I started thinking um, like, oh yeah, Saturday, I want to go out for like a breakfast sandwich before we go over to our friend's house where I'm going to have some seltzers. And I know I'm going to be, you know, eating some things at this pool party and blah, blah, blah. And I re- it hit me last night. I'm like, I was only going to go out to get that breakfast sandwich on Saturday because I don't feel like I'm allowed to have a breakfast sandwich Monday through Friday.
1: Mm. And
0: I was like, you know what? That's not good. So what I did was I gave myself today um, and I tracked it in my fitness pal, but I have like, I I had um, a pastry today Mm -hmm. because it's like, Hey, you don't have to reserve all of your stuff for Saturdays only. Yes. Yes. And like you said, this is meant to allow for flexibility. Mm -hmm. I'm still within that range on calories, the macros I'll, I'll end up getting plenty of protein in my day. So I'm, I'm hitting those two, like those two most important things, those two priorities, but I'm allowing myself to have a little bit more flexibility because otherwise I
1: turn into that, like that perfect
0: everything has to be yes and that was me when I
1: first started with macros too and why I wasn't successful at first and one thing I've learned is to average the week so Mm -hmm. um, as long as your weekly average like what app are you using to track
0: my fitness pal okay yeah so
1: keep an eye on your seven-day average and as long as like everything lines up there good
0: Sorry. Can you say that last sentence one more time? Cause you just cut out a little bit. Oh,
1: sorry. Yeah. So keep an eye on your seven day average. Do you know how to do that?
0: Um, I mean, just by going in and adding up on seven
1: days oh, or is no. there a so different way to do it? My fitness power using premium. Uh uh-uh. Okay. I don't know if you can do it in the free one, but if you go to more and you go to nutrition, there's mm-hmm. a thing that says nutrients,
0: I'm going right now. Okay. And this is good because it'll allow our users to do this yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> this is something okay. that
1: I've, um, a lot of people don't realize. So this is actually really helpful. All
0: right. So we go to more in the
1: uh-huh. bottom hand corner and then. Uh, nutrition. Yep. And you see where it says nutrients. Yep. And you want to change your view to um, weekly view. Okay and i like to start my week on a monday which is under settings it can yeah. there's a diary setting but it'll show you what your goal is and where you're averaging for the past 7 days and as long as that balances out you're good like every day doesn't have to be perfect
0: oh interesting yeah okay so it um i'm not using the premium version and it it is here okay
1: perfect great
0: yeah interesting well so like i said you know i I personally choose not to track on Saturdays, but I have tracked on a Saturday before to give myself an idea because when I first started doing this, I just said, I'm going to collect data for the first week, like zero judgment on what I eat, zero manipulating what I eat. I just want to collect data to see what it is that I'm consuming to give myself a baseline of where to start. And so, um, So I have an idea of the amount of calories that I ultimately consume on a Saturday and I and I made I added that in, averaged things out, whatever to give my, to get myself in a deficit. So I'm not in a deficit on Saturdays, but overall I am in a deficit. And that right there
1: clients, I build that in um by using carb cycling on the weekends. So Mm. yeah. So that's and, another thing too, that we do where we, um, go higher carb on the weekend where you're almost in maintenance, you can have more flexibility and then you're a little bit lower during the week.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. And then one more last quick question for you, um, yeah. before we talk about, um, where to find you and everything again, um, do you Sarah recommend that people log
1: alcohol as fat or carbohydrate?
0: Cause I know I you can do either pay. way,
1: whatever they have room for that day to fill in, they could do either one or okay. they could do a combo of the two.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, to say like, is alcohol good for you? No, it's not good for you. But to say, Hey, don't drink alcohol. Like
1: that's yeah. we
0: be realistic. So yes,
1: exactly. This is, this is, you know, learning how to eat for your lifestyle. So yeah, people are going to have alcohol from time to time.
0: Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for answering all of these questions for us today, Sarah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: And for those of you guys listening, um, Sarah, just want to shout out where we can follow you one more time for everybody.
1: Sarah, S-A-R-A-H dot Shearer S-H-E-A-R-E-R dot coaching on Instagram. Um, Sarah Shearer on Facebook, And my free Facebook group is called macros and fitness support for women. And you can go to my website, um, nutrition.com.
0: Awesome. We will link that on the show notes. You guys make sure you follow Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for listening y'all.